everybody. Welcome to the Hop and Brew School podcast. I'm Justin Crosley. I'm Nick Siegler. And we are here to talk about all things hops. Joining us today once again, and I always like to see him, is Corporate Alex, ladies and gentlemen, back in the studio. Thank you for having me. (laughs) But this time, it's our remote studio. We are live at the National Homebrewers Conference, now known as HomebrewCon. But I'm, I'm so old and been doing this so long that I still call it NHC, Nick. I do the same thing. It's, it's, it's NHC, AHA. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. I we're just... I can't... Old. Yeah. We're, we're just old. Uh, but we're happy to be here. We're in Providence, Rhode Island. And um, uh, it's good to be back on the East Coast. I'm from Connecticut originally. So uh, I used to spend some time out here in Providence eating lobster. And it's nice to be back oh, doing the same thing. Lobster. I bet it's great. Yeah. Have you guys had any yet? No. Any? Not, well, yeah, I did. I had some last night. You did? I need more. Some good seafood? I've been doing oh, oysters yeah. a lot. Oh, you have? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to go right there. Um, so today we're going to be talking uh, uh, about what is going on in the industry. And we're going to be talking about what's happening at Yakima Chief Hops, of course, because you guys have been on a rampage of new stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking about that. You got a new app out um, and we're going to get to the bottom of everything. But first, I also want to remind you about another event, which is the actual Hop and Brew School. Yeah. So this, of course, is the Hop and Brew School podcast, but Yakima Chief has been doing uh, Hop and Brew School for, for how long now? Oh, we're this will be the 16th year. 16 years of doing this? Okay. Yeah. And I've never been. This will be the first time that I get to go check it out. Oh, it's it's so much fun. Yeah, it's 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 a blast, dude. We've talked about it before, but uh, you're going to get to go see uh, growers, get to see all the farms, get to see all the... Uh, sort of all the processing that goes on, and uh, it's a blast. We have a lot of great brewers and great people there. Um, we've got some homebrewers speaking. We've got uh, Vinny Salorzo as our keynote for the, ma- the main event, and uh, a bunch of breakout sessions, some sensory training, uh, tours of Yakima Valley in general, and it should be, should be a blast. This is the first time in its entirety, as far as I know, that um, we've integrated both homebrew and commercial brew into one. So really? Typically, it's a two-day session with... Uh, with commercial brewers, and then we turn around and we do this. We do a homebrew session directly with you know homebrew, and it's usually about um, sixty forty as far as um, commercial homebrew, and there's a lot of commercial. But this year it's four days, okay, um, and it's everyone mixed it together. So the way the tracks line up essentially is uh, you know Vinny does a keynote, mm-hmm. but if you are on a homebrew track and you want to listen to Denny Khan speak, you can go to Denny Khan's talk, or you can go um, over to John Palmer's talk. Okay. Or you can go, you know, mm-hmm. what have you. Because so. you're going to repeat them so that they can go back and see the other ones again. Um, if you miss one. That, that might be the case. Yeah. In this case, it's it's pick, what, pick your interest. Gotcha. And um, then you can bop in and out however you feel. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. there's, I mean, there's going to be a bunch of different options, but you most people will be able to see most talks. Okay. Um, so it's... We're, we're trying to make sure that everybody gets really good information and the stuff that they're interested in. Uh, but again, like discussions of equipment and tactics and techniques and stuff will will differ between homebrewers and pro brewers. Okay. But we're not limiting homebrewers from accessing the pro brewing talks either. So if they want, if they're looking at moving pro and deciding if they should bother to invest in more tanks or whatever, we can cover that with them. I understand. Okay. And did I hear you say John Palmer's going to be there too? Yeah, he's speaking. That's exciting. Yeah. He, he told me that yesterday, too. Uh, so it, it'll be my first time up there. He's excited to go there. Uh, you had Denny Kahn uh, coming yep. up there. Denny Kahn. We have um, Annie Johnson from Pico Brew speaking oh, yeah. directly to homebrewers there, um, talking about a product of ours, specific product that she's been brewing with, and uh, 
hoping that we can create some interest there. Okay. Um, yeah. And we got some other we got some other speakers that haven't been a hundred percent confirmed yet, but there's going to be a lot of really cool discussions. There's going to be some on hop to war, hop, uh, sort of hop genetics, uh, looking at how to get the best results from your from your hops in 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 various techniques and various situations, and we'll be able to present some good data on some of the experiments that we've been running and and collecting information on for the last six months to a year. Excellent. Well, go to Yakima Chief. Dot com, mm-hmm. And you can get all the information right now. It's happening over Labor Day weekend, so you can get your tickets and come on up and, and hang out with us. It'll be a good time. And I hear there's a lot of beer, too, Nick. There is a ton of beer. You keep promising yeah. me that there's a lot of beer. That's how you're there's, getting me there. Well, there is there is a lot of beer. Uh, we are also, hopefully, going to be able to get a bunch of hop water. I'm not sure. I, think, I think I gave you a bottle last time I saw you. I Which, w- yeah, from, uh, from Lagunitas? Yeah. So I was really skeptical, and you gave me the bottle, and it sat in my fridge for a few days, and then finally I tried it. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's hop soda. It's, yeah. it's delicious. Yeah. Okay. Here, one caveat, though. Yeah. Okay. So, like, the night before, it was really good and really refreshing. The next morning, I had a hangover, and I tried it again. I was like, oh, I want some water. It's not so good then, because it's just enough, like, beer mm-hmm. that it reminds you of the night before. So, I don't recommend it, like, as a hangover <laughs> beverage, but it is a refreshing, carbonated, like, sparkling water with a little bit of hops. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's great. It's a, it's a great non-beer fishing beer. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just delicious. It's not completely non-alcoholic. It's a great flavor. But it does... I, I have experienced a similar situation where, as a hangover refresher or rehydrator, maybe not the best choice. And, and I'm not going to lie. I, kinda, I was really thirsty. It was that kind of hangover. So I like cracked it open, oh, and took no. a big swig, and then was like, okay, no, 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 no. Go back to the regular water for this. <laughs> regular water and Gatorade first. It, interestingly, so I was reading the ingredients of it, and one of the ingredients is brewer's yeast. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. Is that just because it's slightly fermented, or they're adding some... What, do you know what that part's about? I can recall some nuggets of conversation with Jeremy, but I think it's not really my place to say. Okay. Uh, but it is because of the flavor that is required to, to, to bring that out. And so I you see. do need a little bit of, of, of just like, you know, like yeast flavoring is used in a lot of different things. Sure. Uh, for, for the umami character, for thickeners, for, for all this stuff that just makes other flavors pop. Okay. So uh, it's also some vitamin B. So I was thinking it's, it's made it a little healthier. That's there you go. possible. It's, uh, it's a good hangover cure as well. Exactly. That's right. I do take me some vitamin B on <laughs> weekends like this when we're out at an event, I'm like freebasing vitamin B. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, all right. We're going to take a break in a second, uh, but tell me about the beer that you just gave me. Uh, what am so I drinking, Nick? This is uh, Main Brewery's Homebrew Con Stout, uh, or Homebrew Stout, and it uses 472 and, um, oh, what's the other one? And East Kent Golding. And so it's, it's pretty traditional in the East Kent Golding aspect of it, but the 472 really comes in, and that's actually one of the New Mexicanas hops that's a sister of Sabro. And it's it's this really nice flavor, but it, it has this weird character where it makes things taste kind of like barrel-aged. Mm. And so you get that sort of chocolate caramelly character in there. And, but uh, that's from the hops. That's from the hops. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, I do taste that. It's just a, it's a, it's like a hint of it. It's an undertone of barrel yeah. age. It's not like an in your face. No, but it's definitely a barrel age character. Yeah, it's it's a, it's it's pretty amazing. We're uh, we were really surprised by it when it, when when we started using it and realizing that's what it tasted like. And then you know people have made pale ales and they tasted like their bourbon barrel aged pales, which is a little weird, but it works really well in a stout in a stout and porter. So. What's it called again? It's, ha- it's HBC four seventy two. Okay, and you said it's the sister of, of Sabro. Okay. Got it. 
which was 438. Yeah. So very similar, just in aroma profile, too. Corporate actually. Alex for the win, ladies and came gentlemen. Came in, came he's, in. He's got that number every time. <laughs> he's always ready to go. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I would have said, oh, what's the hint of barrel? Or even a, there's a little chocolate in there. That, mm-hmm. I guess that could be the malt, too. But um, yeah, it kind of lifts up the rest of the beer. That's interesting. Yeah. And I I mean, this is, I was, you know, thinking, ooh, stout for breakfast. And right. Was, ooh, stout for breakfast. Which is exactly, yeah, well, you were offering me beer. It's breakfast for me, even though it's noon. And I was like, yeah, uh, I'll take that one. Sounds like a good breakfast beer. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a real quick break. And when we come back, we got a lot to talk about with what's new at Yakima Chief. So hang in there. You're listening to the Hop and Brew School podcast. All right. Welcome back to the Hop and Brew School podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us here. We're live from the National Homebrewers Conference, Homebrew Con in Providence, Rhode Island, having a good time. And Nick, I'm just glad that all of our, uh, that my equipment is working. So you remember not too long ago, I did a live broadcast from Russian River Brewing Company. Yeah. And we did it from the cool ship room, which was exciting. Uh, but Vinny had filled the cool the cool ship that day. Oh no! So it was really humid and like kind of steam stick- everywhere. But what am I going to say? Like it's Vinny asking me to do a show in there. So I go and I set up all of our equipment. Show goes fine. I put everything away. Then I go down for another gig to the Firestone Invitational. I bring this whole setup. Plug my mixer in. Nothing. That looks like a new mixer. It's not. I'm glad because it's a very expensive mixer. I plug it in down at Firestone, and I don't know why. I just had happened to bring a backup, so lucky I got through that gig. But it wouldn't. I haven't told Vinny this. I didn't have the. He'll feel so bad. But he fried my mixer. The the the, the cool ship room fried my mixer. Oh no! Luckily, I found some random hippie in San Francisco to fix the thing. <laughs> Two days before I flew out here. Like, I actually, that's not true. I picked it up on the day I flew out here. Oh, my God. And I'm, like, just crossing my fingers that everything works. Oh, man. And it's working. Do they make make little, like, inserts for your your connectors so you can just plug them? Uh, No. Oh, dear. No. Yeah, that's, yeah. It was Mm -hmm. not, and I knew it going in, but like I said, I couldn't say no. You know, it was probably, to my knowledge, the first time anyone's ever broadcast from a cool ship room. Especially if it's while it's filling. So, small price to pay is the way I was was looking at it. Small, big (laughs) price to pay. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I'm excited to talk about what's next because I remember even back to our very first couple of episodes, uh, Alex, you had teased that this was this was something coming up. And, and that is essentially that I and other beer lovers and brewers like me can now buy hops online from Yakima Chief. Absolutely. Yes. This is a huge uh, rollout for us here, specifically at HomebrewCon, because it's the first time we've been able to sell directly to the homebrew market through um, an online portal. So our brilliant team of innovators um, in IT have been spending uh, countless hours developing a portal that's user-friendly that um, gives uh, homebrewers and um, and on up access to variety information um, as well as um, different product highlights, whether it's cryo hops or hop pellets or extract. And it basically puts them in smaller packaging and sells them to homebrewers um, and for them to have easy access to. So I can buy by the ounce, I can buy five ounces, I can do these. Well, right now it's, um, as as this is day one of launch. Oh, it really is? It's actually day one it's, right now? It's day, it's, day it's, we, it's it's this week. Okay, I understand. I'll just say that. Yeah. But this is where we're um, uh, really highlighting it because homebrewers, it, it's a huge resource. So they can buy um, 
one ounce cryo hops okay. and they can buy two ounce hop pellets. Nice. And then we're anticipating down the road um, easier access to um, one pounders and other sizes like that. Okay. So right now we're doing a lot of hand uh, handing out of one ounce and two ounce packaging here, and this is exactly what you can uh, what you can get. Okay. On the store. This is exciting uh, because I, so I'm like a I'm a home shopper in general. I don't even go to the grocery store anymore. Mm-hmm. I just do the the grocery delivery. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- this is like a lazy man's dream for me. Mm-hmm. But more so, one of the reasons I like on, online shopping is that I can really take my time and pick exactly what yeah. I mm-hmm. want. So this is this is a very cool thing. Yeah, it's similar to just like shopping on Amazon where you put something in your cart and luckily um, let you me don't see e- this, Nick. You don't Nick's even showing me the site right you now. You don't even need um, an account to place an order. Um, you can if you'd like us to make it easier, but uh, yes, Wait, this is ridiculous. I'm just I'm looking at it online right now, and I, I feel like I'm in the middle of a Hop and Brew School podcast where we're talking about mm-hmm. Myrcene, Linalool. The I'm looking at uh, Atanum. Is that Atanum? Atanum. I'm looking at the Atanum hop, uh, and online it's giving me the characteristics of it. You know, floral, cedar, grapefruit. But then also, uh, it's giving me the cohumulone level. It's giving me uh, the beta acids level. Uh, you've, you've, and then you've done a total oil breakdown by percent on this. Yep, it's a, it, we're we're giving you all the material that we have, basically. Okay. Yeah, and it, not to um, there, there's two big reasons for this launch. First is to launch our, our this online store. Um, second is to launch our mobile app, which is actually what you're viewing right now. Uh, this is through the app. Okay. Yes. So when you download the Yakima Chief Hot app uh, in the App Store, Google Play, whatever, uh, you will get our Hop Variety Handbook in digital format, um, which is a very popular, sought-after tool for all brewers. And in this case, we are making it uh, more current and um, more convenient for brewers to have it in the palm of their hand whenever they need it. Yeah, it's, it's extremely quick too. It's also searchable, so you can you can kind of mess around with it. But then you can go to uh, tools as well, which mm-hmm. takes you to the lot lookup tool. Let so, me see. I'm going. I'm I'm using the app as you speak. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. So lot analysis lookup. Yep. Um, this and is a good looking app right here, by the way. Uh, okay. Find hop. Find hop analysis by lot number. Yep. So what does this mean? Like if I already have the hop in my hand and I know what lot it is? Mm-hmm. Or okay. if you, when you're, when you're p- putting an order in, you can actually see that lot lookup and, uh, or that lot number and plug it in and get the exact values for that lot. Got it. So there's, we, always give, we always give you a range and we try to, try to make sure that those, all the hops fall within that range. But, you know, it's an agricultural product. So it will, they will drift slightly. It'll change. Um, but it's usually not a big enough deal to, to upset the varietal characteristics, shall we say. Sure. And now, now I'm just kind of browsing through the rest of it. You've got some brewing calculators on here. Tell mm-hmm. me about those. So it's the same stuff we have uh, on the website. So there's the bitterness calculators. There's the use point application. So if you're using uh, the so different formats to achieve what you're trying to do. So, for example, you've got your extract T90 cryo. It'll tell you how to achieve those, those IBUs at, at the point you use them at. So okay. we, we have picked some... Uh, sort of constants, at least for, say, Whirlpool editions, 20-minute uh, editions, 10, 10, 10 editions. Um, but then if you look, uh, if you know your numbers specifically, you can put those in, and you can get very accurate information uh, about, you know, what to expect out of a given lot. So I'm looking at it now. I'm just trying to follow along, and I, I'm at the extract conversion calculator. Mm-hmm. Of course, it lets me uh, choose my, my measurement system, either imperial or metric. Mm-hmm. So dumb or smart. <laughs> Let's, no, let's be honest. Un, un, unneeded, complicated uh, uh, changes in, in units right. versus uh, which is base ten. in the world. Which yeah. is what I'll keep it at because that's you know because I'm an American. Um, and then I've got like convert from. Mm-hmm. So here my options are like I can choose leaf hops, cryo hops, noble hops, mm-hmm. 
So let's say I choose leaf hops. Mm-hmm. Um, and what am I doing here? I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I'm used to using leaf hops, but now I'm about to switch to pellets and it's going to tell me how many, how mm-hmm. much to use. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what it's yeah. doing. So it, so it converts formats for you. So it's, it's a, a little bit more transparent of a version of, of some of the stuff that's existed before in, in, in people's spreadsheets. Yeah. But this is a, an easier way to do it. You can add multiple varieties. You can add multiple timings. And so it's a, it really helps you just sort of dial in your process a lot better. Got it. Okay. So, and for example, if, uh, if you're used to using one format, but it's you know getting towards harvest season again, and we've sold out of that, or somebody's sold out of that, and you have to switch over to T90s or to cryo instead of leaf or what have you. Yeah, you can just uh, you can do that. Okay. So now I'm browsing through the rest of it. Wait a second, Cascade for 99 cents. Did I just see that on the app right there? Uh, yeah, and um, I'll touch on the fact that you get free shipping on all of these. So you would essentially be getting two ounces of Cascade for 99 cents with free shipping. It's quite a quite a deal, but it's a promotion we're running right now. I would go right now if I were you because I don't know that I've ever seen that in, in the 14 years I've yeah. been doing this. So go right now. Uh, okay, Corporate Alex, test. What is HBC 472? Oh, that we were, it, we, it's we just, 472. We were just drinking. That's the one we, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had. So that's the sister of Ronnie, of uh, Sabro. I only ask because it's what popped up on the, yeah. on the app right here. It's an experimental that we're selling to uh, Homebrew right now. So. What is the lot number for a tenum? Lot number? Oh, no, not the lot number. The code. Oh, YCR1. Oh, see? Am I right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because it's not on here. Is it? Yeah, it should be on there. <laughs> it's there. Uh, yeah, so, wow, this is really great. You've also even got images of the hops on here, which is, you know, it sounds kind of redundant to say, but it's interesting to see how different the cones are mm-hmm. on these hops. Yep. Absolutely. Which is something I've never really paid attention to, um, but the shape of hop cones can be very, very different. There's oh. dozens of them in there. They're all specifically unique, as you can see. Uh, Equinauts, more of like an oval shape, whereas, mm-hmm. whereas Cascade's got that typical uh, sort of tetrahedral shape on it, so it looks kind of like a, a square pyramid okay. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, you know, I mean, we, I mentioned this way early on in the show is that uh, the shape of the cones is generally more important than the size because you, the way we, we, we separate them out is through dribble belts. So they, they run down and they roll. And if the cone is too long or the wrong size, or sorry, the wrong shape, it won't roll properly and it'll gum up the machine. So you can't pick it. doesn't oh. matter if it's great, but if it's the wrong shape, it won't we don't have a way of separating those very well. Interesting. So, so you're saying that that's important when you're breeding. because oh, yeah. Because you just can't breed a hop that's the wrong shape. Uh, that and uh, also when you, when you pick them, if you pick them too early or too late, they're going to be either too light or too heavy uh, or different, different sort of a different density and it might poof out and can't really pick them very well. Interesting. So okay. It's, a, it's one of those things that I really didn't fully appreciate until spending a lot more time with, with our growers and breeders and looking at, going, oh, yeah, well, actually, there is a limit to what shape we can use. And if the, the hops are bolting early and if they're, they're being weird, then we can't pick them. Yeah. So yeah. we gotta, we got to be real careful with that. That's fascinating. So I just had an experience, and I want to talk about a couple hop varieties with you. Uh, I got to go down to Firestone Walker mm-hmm. and brew. Uh, we, we, we were attempting to rebrew Pale 31. Mm-hmm. Um, and we changed it a little bit. It's, it was kind of the same base recipe. Mm-hmm. But what me and my team got to do was uh, select the dry hopping for mm-hmm. it. So to do so, the brewmaster there, Matt Brennelson, laid out, I think, five or six different hops on the table. Mm-hmm. And they were hops that, that range uh, in both the original Pale 31 recipe and his Union Jack IPA mm-hmm. recipe. So on the table, we'll try to remember exactly what was there, but um, 
Chinook. Is it Chinook or Chinook? Chinook. It is Chinook, Chinook right? Okay. Chinook. Um, Simcoe. YCR14. Citra. Yeah, 394. Uh, oh, Azaka mm-hmm. was yes. one on the table. That was kind of a new one that he threw in there just to see if we liked it. Um, and then, of course, uh, Centennial, mm-hmm. which is kind of the sta- that, That's what the majority of the hop is mm-hmm. always. And then everything else, as you've taught me, Nick, it's kind of a uh, to bring out the characteristics of that. Surprisingly, on that table, now we all thought, um, well, of course we're going to love Citra and Simcoe because mm-hmm. they're just, they're so, and we did. But what really stood out in this lot was the Chinook. Mm-hmm. Now, his, his batch of, of, of Simcoe, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw a YCH box downstairs, so I'm pretty sure it was yours. This batch of Simcoe smelled uh, incredible. And the Chinook was just right there to, to pair perfectly mm-hmm. with it. So what we ended up coming up with was a, was a dry hopping blend that was, uh, I think, over half Centennial. Mm-hmm. That's just what he does. A good charge of Chinook to help bring that out. A good charge of, of Simcoe and a tiny bit of Citra. Mm-hmm. And, and in, and in the, the smelling and the selection, I, I, the show has taught me a lot. Because I was thinking about what you keep saying, where you're sometimes they're just accents, and mm-hmm. all of it were accents to make the centennial rise up, mm-hmm. right? And it was just this awesome uh, floral. Uh, and w- I took a bag of it to bring home so that uh, Tasty could smell it. My my backpack still smells like it, and the hops aren't in there anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that that's one of the, the things that I that I love about this is that when you start playing around with these with the different varieties, you realize that. And I, I've always I've used the term lifter hops or accent hops before, um, and Chinook is one of those ones that uh, we've talked about it before, specifically the chemistry of it. So some of the thiols that it has, three MH and three MHA are really, really high in that variety. And those in conjunction with things like linalool and geraniol and a lot of the, the, the esters that are provided by, say, Citra and Simcoe will sort of beef those up and you're going to create a lot more of a citrus character. Okay. Whereas if you would, if you'd switched over towards mostly Citra and um, possibly a little bit of Amarillo as well, you would end up with a more slightly more dank but also more tropical character. Yeah. And so it just really depends on, on how those things play together. That was the other hop on the table that I could remember, Amarillo, ah. which I'm a huge fan of. So I thought for sure I'm mm-hmm. going gonna, gonna to pick the Amarillo. It was wonderful, but we didn't choose it because it wasn't lifting up the Centennial the same way the others were. Mm-hmm. I think Centennial shines best as this uh, that orange, that really orange, bright, citrusy character that you can get sometimes. And it always, it, it always does well with a bit of floral character behind it, uh, like in Bell's Too Harder, for example. Bang on example of how to use that hop. Uh, but you know this. Now, now I kind of want one. Why didn't you bring any? I know it's not done yet. It's uh. in. The, it's probably in the fermenter right now. <laughs> um, but it was really exciting, and it was cool to get to. Uh, you know, of course, I've I've smelled hops before, mm-hmm. but just after doing this show now, uh, it just was kind of a different experience. And we were all surprised the way the Chinook stood out on that table. And I think if the Chinook was alone. It wouldn't have stood out the same way. It was because we, you know, you'd have the the aromas from the one you smelled right before it mm-hmm. in your in your nostrils. That's what made it stand out. Mm-hmm. It was the help of the others. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 again, the, the the combination is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, and it's different than the sum of the parts, which is which is sort of really really what I love. And when we get to do uh, big, sort of our big expression blends uh, and charity based blends or cause based blends, like we do the pink boots. Uh, we do the Veterans Blend, then there's Falconer's Flight and Zythos and some of our other Expressions Blends. Um, 
we don't try to make them the same every year. That's mm. the point. We want to we want to create a different character. And so Zythos has typically been um, or like a real citrus heavy heavy blend, and I love it for that. I mean, it smells fantastic okay. in, the blend, in the in the blend. But not all the hops smell as fantastic and as bright as the overall picture it, it ends up being. Yeah. Um, and it's always fun to watch uh, watch people who have haven't had a, haven't had a lot of experience in blending hop and making making hop blends before get to play with the raw materials. So, um, like when we had the uh, the veterans blend selection at CBC uh, the year before this last year was really fun. It was the first time anybody had really gotten to do this, and uh, they selected an absolute banger of a blend. It was just so beautiful. It was really heavy in the equinox, and uh, which really surprised all of them because they didn't realize just how how floral and how, how fruity that hop can be yeah. uh, because they had, you know, and I've talked about this before, the age of the rootstock and, and sort of the time and, and learning how to grow it and pick it right. Um, that really just came through and it was just, just really bright, citrusy, followed by tropical character. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pink Blue blend this year was, uh, ooh, I don't remember exactly what was in it, but it was... I'm going to guess. Laurel, Citra. No, I don't think there was any Citra in it this year. Um, glacier. There was Glacier in there, yeah. We wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, overlap too much with other blends and the last one. We want, we want them all to stand on their own. Okay. And uh, uh, Tiffany, our, our sensory head, is was really really involved in that. She's a she's a you know really strong long term member of the Pink Boot Society, uh, and that has made some fantastic beers as well. And yeah. I think we have some here, and it's it, this recent one is terrific. It's nice and woody, like. Yeah, can someone grab us some of the what Let's, is it called? Which one? Uh, Pink Boots Blend. Oh, the Pink Boots Blend yeah. over there. That would be great to smell it. So if you come by the YCH booth, uh, you can get hops right now. But for those of you listening at home, I want to remind you again, you can go to yakamachit.com and you can order these online right now. Is the Pink Boots Blend on there? Do you know, Alex? On uh, on, on the online uh, store? Not at this time, okay. no. We're actually about to um, launch our Veterans Blend, oh. which um, we're going to put up for sale online um, July 4th. Okay. Uh, and it's avail- going to be available for pre-order, um, but all of the or three three dollars per pound goes to Wounded Warrior Family Support, which is a, a, a cause that we um, advocate for, and it's one of our cause-based blends similar to um, women in brewing, in which case, pink boots. Got it. So Nick is opening his up. I'm so frugal and used to treating hops like they're gold that I can't open this package. That's I just okay. want to open one at a time. That's fine. <laughs> like You'll we were like all it. given one, but I'm like I can't do it. It's, it's I'm too frugal. Okay, so I'm smelling the pink boots blend. Yeah, um, so get it get it good and rubbed in with your fingers. Like I don't, you can use it all of your, you can use your hands to, to really heat it up and stuff. But I like to grind it up a little bit first with my fingers and then kind of do one of these. Oh, really smashing it up. Really smashing it up. Really smash it up and, and also, okay. you want to get it warm up a little bit. Okay. All right. So we're all doing that. I'll read the package a little bit while we're doing it. Aroma. Ooh. It says of stone fruit, fresh wood, green grass, and citrus. I get a lot of fresh wood with oh, this. Oh, that's nice. Wow. Oh, yeah. Green, like sort of green cedar and then uh, the grassiness. And then there's a big hit of um, lime and lemon rind in the background. Yeah. Rind, you're, you're right. That's a very specific kind of, yeah. it's not just the pulp. It's kind of the rind. Yeah. And, uh, it's, and I mean, that's what, what do you use? When like you, a zest. Yeah. It's like, what do you use when you're cooking or making a drink? It's the zest. You, it's yeah. the zest. That's where the oils are. Right. So. Oh, this is so good. It's good stuff. It's making me hungry and mm. thirsty. Thirsty, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I, I'm just, I'm a brand guy, so maybe no one cares about this but me, but your packaging on these is just awesome. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, our team has been working tirelessly to just perfect it. I think that they've done so. It's a really nice looking 
like I said, maybe my listeners don't care, but I really think your your guys' branding is really cool too. It it, it to me, this stuff. I'm kind of a brand guy anyway. This also elevates the hops. Like we're talking about how hops elevate other hops. I think that the way yeah. you guys are doing things is elevating hops. As well. I like the soft, matte, clean yeah. feel of yeah. it, yeah. and I think yeah, I think you're right. It highlights it very well. No, we and of course, we it says right at the bottom here on, on this particular one: American hops from the Pacific Northwest. So you know exactly what we're getting. Yeah, and you can tell by the colors. So yeah, great. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that this is the new color scheme of the new Air Force One. I don't know if you've been reading that, but they're going to change the color scheme. Oh no! And I'm pretty sure that's really? almost this. You're, this is good for you guys. The most recognizable aircraft on Earth might end up looking like your packaging. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read that on Fox. There's pluses to that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, do we want to other... match Air Force One right now? Right. Yeah. Yeah, this might be the, well, it, 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 technically, it won't come out until the next presidency, oh. so you might be good. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's great but, stuff. Yeah, the guys, uh, so, so just working with these blends and stuff and working with these hops is, is, is always fun. And holy crap, I didn't realize it was a 10% alpha. Mm-hmm. Wow. What okay. did you think? Yeah, ten and a half. It's saying on this one. That's, uh, you, uh, you thought it was lower. I thought it was lower. Okay, uh, that's big and delicious. So, um, yeah, typical beer styles IPA definitely with ten point five percent alpha and all those aromatics. I mean, that's going to make a actually that would go well in a double. And I'm not usually one for the doubles. You, you and I have talked about this. Give me a session one so I can have four of them. You and I are both the same on that. Yeah, there's brewers that I've seen use it in sours even. So it mm-hmm. it, it it would be really good in there. Yeah, that, that that citrus note. I mean, you have to do it well. You'd have to do it probably just in a kettle sour or at least post. You might be able to use sour weapon with it because that, that PD is, is, is reasonably resistant to alpha, but 10.5 is, is high. Is that high? I, I was thinking like 12 or 14 is high. Is that, is that fr- off the charts? No, for, for a sour beer, that's, that's uh, I it's, see. It's, for, it's for the bacteria. It's so little... just in general, though, mm-hmm. is, is 12 or 14 like on the super high bittering I would side say, of the alpha? Jason I, Jason has been pushing it up and up and up and up and up. So we got a, was it Pato now? Is it, it hits Pato, about Pato and Warrior are... Did you say 20? Yeah. I've no, I don't think I've ever seen a hop like that. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Okay. Um, and we've seen a... a I mean, it depends on who's growing it and how they're growing it and stuff, but uh, with the uh, the cryopato is so resinous that it's actually a pain in the butt to process. Yeah, it just that would put everything. It, that would oh. put it close to 40% alpha if you're doing cryopato. Yeah, wow. not, I got I got to double check that. Yeah, so it's 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 pretty but they're pretty it's pretty incredible. Just how sticky it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the sticky icky. And so what would a what's a low? Like I'm just trying to get the range here. 2 Oh, we can go that low to like. Oh two. yeah, so so original size and stuff was about three six, I think, and then you get um, some more of the modern ones, depending on the age of the rootstock, the health of them, and how the weather's been. You can get them down, you know, sub two. Wow. Um, so it's almost nothing. Okay, this is incredible. All right, um, I'm learning more as we go. All right, here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a bit about organic hops, right? Yep, and this is a big thing of our supply chain where we're trying to make sure that everybody's getting the best hops possible. Like you said, I like what you said about us trying to really elevate the hops here. That's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure that we get the best hops in front of the brewers so they can make the best beer possible. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, more on the Hop and Brew School podcast live from HomebrewCon in Providence, Rhode Island. 
All right, welcome back to the Hop and Brew School podcast. We are live from Homebrew Con 2019 in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, and I'm looking around, uh, I'm looking actually at the Yakima Chief Hops booth, which is which is impressive. It looks like the largest footprint on the floor. Thank you. Yes, it. Um, we have three of these that travel the world. Do you really? Yes. So I was setting up my booth yesterday as the team was setting up that one. And I'm literally like putting together a little Amazon shelf that our merch was sitting on <laughs> while your guys are building this thing around me. And I felt really silly. Like I had booth envy. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, the guys who set it up for us also, they're, um, they're pretty, pretty rad. They, uh, they can set this thing up and tear it down in a ridiculously short amount of time. Wow. And it's, 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 you know... We, we, they're, they're, you know, weird flex, but okay. Um, it is a pretty big booth. <laughs> it is. Well, and okay, maybe it sounds silly even to talk about this kind of thing, but it's another way that you guys are just elevating hops. Like, I really feel like you're just, everything you do is to elevate hops. And even the time, uh, uh, obviously, money and design that went into your, your booth, I think, shows that. It's really it's, nice. Uh, it's, you know, we're trying to, trying to bring them from the center. And so we've got a couple of growers here who you, we're going to have be able to talk about uh, or talk with on a future episode. Okay. Um, so it should be pretty fun. You get to meet them and talk about the travails of going through the 80s and the early 90s and then finally hops becoming a thing that people love. And uh, the journey changed. is amazingly yeah. interesting. And then, and then the marriage of Hop Union and Yakima Chief Incorporated coming together and creating yeah. this entity. It's, it's pretty impressive. I mean, I've been here, I'm going on two years and I've already seen a lot of growth. And yeah. not just that, but even for this conference, it's it's incredible for me to be sitting here and looking how different it is. So the first one I went to was in 2006. It was in Orlando, Florida, and the room that the um, the room that we were in was about the size of the YCH booth. <laughs> <laughs> there was like, I mean, there was maybe. 10 or 15 vendors and by vendors I mean a table with maybe an easy up like mine would have been the most impressive setup ever at this first homebrew con that I well, went you, to you have very strong branding and I think you've been elevating beer for the industry as well so yeah thank you and and I, I won't deny I think that's, and drinkers that's always been our thing to elevate drinkers and and beer but I'm just the 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 growth of this conference of this industry is is impressive you should if you're listening at home um and you haven't been to a homebrewers conference, you should go. And I heard, I think that next year it's in Nashville. Yes, uh, okay, it's so in you Nashville. have no reason not to go. What a no. cool, cool place to Fun go. Fun time. You yeah. careful. You can get Nashville pretty hard. Um, that <laughs> I happened think to us I at did. CBC. That was yeah. uh, that was rough. At the Craft Brewers Conference, yeah. I had the same thing. In fact, I had to get out of town for a day and just go do something else. <laughs> yeah, so you went to the distilleries, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, really helping myself out there. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what we did. It was uh, it was good. Um, well, what, so a couple of the other things that we've got here is that um, we're ringed by ring. Rung? Surrounded? Surrounded. Surrounded. Surrounded by. Yeah, there we uh, go. But in a much less hostile environment. Uh, yeah. We're surrounded by friends here. So like we got the, we're right next to the Brewing Network here. Um, and we've got our Country Malt Group Homebrew yep. group over there. So they're, they're also one of our distributors. And they work really, really close partners with us. And uh, LD Carlson, they're helping us get all... Um, all of our hops out to areas where, uh, where, where previously we, where we weren't able to. And so if, if you were able to get to, to homebrewing marts or homebrewing stores and you still have those local, local homebrew stores, mm-hmm. if they still exist and they're still uh, grabbing on and hanging on and surviving, uh, you, can, you can pick up our hops there as well. Um, so not just direct from us, but also from our, our, our partners. Okay. I was, I was in Providence. Well, when we, now that we're in Providence, I was looking around for local homebrew shops and I couldn't find one. Oh. So there's either very few yeah. that aren't quite on the map or there aren't any in Providence. So that 
just proved my testament that the mobile app and the online store can be a resource to people who can't have access to hops through their homebrew shop. Yeah. So um, we're reaching all 50 states with this, whereas not every region of sure. the United States has access. Mm-hmm. So e- even the rise of the Brewing Network is is similar to that. Uh, the Brewing Network listeners kind of formed their own club. Mm-hmm. And other local clubs were a little upset about that. And But my theory the whole time was, well, there's there's not a homebrew club in every town. Right? And so we're this online resource where they were able to connect and find this community with other listeners. Mm-hmm. And there's not, that's a good thing. That's good for the industry. Yes. It's good for the hobby. Yes. Uh, BN Army represent, yo. Yeah. And it, because not, every, not everybody, everybody has shit. Not everybody even has a local brewery, which surprises me still. Not everybody has a local homebrew shop. Not everybody has a local club. So the online resources, I think, have really helped build this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, that's how I got into this and was was via like was, you know funny we, we, we've talked about Denny before you know Denny uh, Denny and I met finger quotes uh, about 20 years ago online at Tasty Brew and and he was a huge part of the Homebrew Digest and and all those those early on BBS message boards and stuff and then Brewing Network came along and then sort of the Homebrew Talk came along and now it was just it sort of exploded but it allowed people who like me were in Mexico right. to communicate with people who were uh, more advanced brewers or um, had gone through some of the troubles before it was really really useful so I think sure. I think the work that the, that you and the, the Brewing Network and just uh, you know the the online resources the online community have done for brewing is one of the reasons it is where it is today you know all these folks wonderful folks here at HomebrewCon are the maidens they're the people who are going to charge ahead the first adopters the people who are going to show up to a football party with a you know six pack or a cooler full of their own beer Humber, yeah. and you know that used to be a bad thing but now generally because of the quality is so much better it's uh, it's pretty good you now can you can trust that you're going to get you're probably going to get a couple decent beers out of it so now it's accepted yes and Denny and Drew just copy everything I do by the way now they have a <laughs> podcast you know what's funny is after this I have to go and uh, do theirs yeah, I have to go and do theirs I was talking to Denny that we're going to we're going to end up having this competing we're just going to keep turning up our speakers That's until funny. you know because F those guys. Well, you'll both be at Hot and Brew School. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> so there'll be multiple podcasts running. We'll just be going table to table. We'll have to make sure we do it at the same time just because it's fun. <laughs> oh, ideally, yeah. If we, if we get some really good feedback between uh, microphones and speakers, that would <laughs> yeah. be just really, really joyous. A lot yeah. like my sound check. Yeah, well, you know, hey, a little bit of Foxy Lady is always a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> it sounded exactly like the opening to that song. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I did that on purpose. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, cool. All right, before we run out of time, I promised that we would talk a little bit about organic hops. Um, and, and you and I were talking a little bit at the break. I know there's a mm-hmm. lot we can cover, but I want to dive into one specific thing just because it's fascinating to me. So you guys process, obviously, uh, non-organic hops, mm-hmm. and you process organic hops. Mm-hmm. Okay, but those two things can't cross-pollinate in a processing plant, well, can they? Well, cross-pollinate would be... Um, um, uh, there's so many metaphors getting mixed here. more of a breeding term. Yeah, guess, we're, getting, we're getting confused here. They can't, one can't touch the other and still be called organic. Is that Correct. right? Correct. So, so the, what we have to do is we have to break down... Um, and if you come to Brew School, you'll see what I mean when I say this is a large endeavor. Um, but we have to break down equipment that processes 37 million pounds of hops in a year. Okay? So th- you can imagine the scale of that. Yeah, so yeah. a couple of our hop-picking areas and a couple of our, um, our, our pelletizing lines would fill this conference hall. Um, and we have to take those completely apart, make sure that any possible part that might conceivably, even outside of, uh, of direct intent, contact the product, yeah. 
is completely cleaned, and we do swab tests and make sure there's no, there's not even any DNA surviving. So it's just everything's broken down. We clean it all out with um, organic-friendly solvents as well as uh, just heat and, and time and elbow grease. And it takes about a week wow. to clean one machine. To, to a full breakdown on one machine. We swap it out, and then we start, uh, we'll process the organics. This is um, crazy. Ideally, we try to process our organics at the beginning of the season so that we don't have to stop and break it down. So we do those first because you can always follow organics with inorganics or non-organic hops, um, and that, that doesn't matter. But trying to, to, to follow non-organic hops with organic hops requires this big old clean-out. I see. And we do clean-outs uh, periodically throughout, throughout the processing season because we need to you know, make sure everything's, everything's clear, but we're always constantly adapting our, our equipment and machinery and process lines to preclude the need for that sort of that sort of breakdown approach where we're you know softening angles making things flow a little bit better but it's a it's a pretty colossal endeavor um, so what kind of varieties can I find in in organics so we've got um, see there's the Azaka cascade centennial Chinook Citra 394 yep muscling on your territory there <laughs> um, El Dorado um, the Harillo Blend, which is um, I haven't seen that. Okay. That's a it's it's a it's a brand that is named after the well, Harillos are the are the Mexican sodas. Okay. The little little Harillos, the, it's it's just a soda variety and it's popular. Um, so it, it's pretty sweet, fruity flavored hops. Um, Mosaic. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, three sixty nine. There he is. Corporados almost letting us down here. Uh, <laughs> um, you got Peco, Palisade, YCR four, Simcoe, yeah. and Sterling, and all these are available in organic. And we do have um, extract that's available in organic as well. And nice. so um, some of these are available in extract form as well as in T ninety and. I'm not sure if they're available in cryo yet, but I think uh, that might be something that's coming. We'll see, see on the interest. Okay. Um, but we are, you know, our organic certification and, and following all that. So we've got uh, our organic growers, including Carpenter, uh, Jackson Hop Farms, BT Loftus um, Branches, and Peralt Farms and Roy Farms. So these are some of the some of the earlier, some of the big boys in the or big big people, big families in the in the valley, and they've spent a lot of time working on making sure that these organic hops are of the quality that we expect. And it's a challenge because, you know, modern high input farming allows you to produce some, you know, really consistent, really fantastic products, but doing it organically and doing it sustainably is something that we're really focused on. And over time, our guys have learned the soil and learned the hop plants and started to get to the point where our organic hops are yielding you know, very well, and they, they taste fantastic. They are within our very stringent quality standards. So we've got our Global GAP certification program, our USDA uh, organic certification, and then we're also following um, ISO, is it uh, 9001 and 14001? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's International Standards Organization. Okay. And we are really just tracking our supply chain from beginning to end. And that's sort of we, you know, we use the tagline from propagation to pint is that we want to make sure that everything is perfect along that whole chain. Sure. And I think that our organics, so our quality programs, which we will talk about further, um, but our organic program really sort of highlights that, how much time and effort we spend on making sure that these organic hops are the best representative of, of the hops that they can be. Got it. And some of these farms that you mentioned, if not all, are growing both. Right, they're not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So they they've had to figure out how to you know on one side they've got the inorganic and on the other side they're doing organic, um, and again how to how to not sort of cross those two. Mm-hmm. And it's actually it's it's even 
more non-trivial than that because you have to really be careful of uh, pesticide overspray, for example, and yeah, herbicide yeah. Over, overspray. Uh, and there's some certain ones you can use that are okay for organics, but in general, um, they're not as effective as some of the um, some of the more synthetic or, or inorganic pesticides and, 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 and whatnot. And so you can't have any contact. So, so just the slightest breeze can be a problem. Sure. Uh, and then you also have to make sure that because these things are the organic hops, they've never really been exposed to that. So any pests or any diseases that might be on them yeah. could conceivably travel to other other fields. I see. Um, so yeah. you have to be very careful about your containment and making sure that you're you're just making sure that everything is, is spick and span and clean and of the quality that's required. Yeah. And we work really, really hard on doing that. And and so uh, we've got people from Yakima Chief Ranches here who have their footprints program and we've got our Green Chief program, which we'll talk about in the future, mm-hmm. for, to, to really enforce this supply chain quali- of, of, of quality and this quality supply chain from beginning to end. Okay. So, Are the organic hop products available on the app and online as well? Um, not currently, but it's in. It's happening. It's happening. This, yeah. this, the good thing about this app and this online store is that we can make changes live in real time. Sure. So um, when something pops in, into inventory, I could just flip the switch to put it on. The so site. frankly, by the time people are even listening to this podcast, which will be a, you know a good couple weeks from the moment that we're recording it right now, the, things will have changed. So do, oh. go download the app, go search around, mm-hmm. and you might even find some of these products that we're talking about. And so. the big changes, of, of course, could occur around October, November, um, after harvest, when the when the big processing season starts again. Okay. And so we process as, as quickly as possible to make sure that our, our hops are, are getting all the way through um, and, and packed and under under nitrogen and, and in cold storage as soon as possible. We want to keep that quality going. And uh, that's when things will start getting uploaded into uh, into availability. And that harvest happens right after Hop and Brew School, doesn't it? Uh, it actually starts on, we typically start... The day of. Yeah. Oh, it does it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're going to see some of the early run stuff coming off, and that's a that's a blast, by the way. I mean, what, I'm said, tr- what I'm trying to um, remind brewers when they're asking me about certain hop variety availability is I remind them that it is an agricultural product, and yes, um, everyone's looking for Citra, everyone's looking for Mosaic. There's a lot of hop varieties that are in very yeah. high demand yeah. that just because it is not currently available in our e-commerce platform doesn't mean that it's not coming. And so also, the crop year hasn't occurred for 2019 quite yet. Okay. So they need to keep checking back because it will be. It'll so be Don't available. be discouraged. Just keep checking. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, again, the beauty of the app. So uh, just sur- search Yakima Chief in the App Store, whatever your, yep. your yep. app store of choice yep. that's is. That's what I just did and just downloaded it right now. You so. did while we yeah. were on the show yeah. even. I love it. So show how, e- how easy it is. Uh, also, you can go to yakimachief.com and you can shop online there. You yep. can learn about the Hop and Brew School that, we're all, that we will all be at mm-hmm. and are going to. You can get your tickets there. Um, so go check it out. All right, that's our time for right now, but we're going to come back with another episode live from the National Homebrews Conference from Homebrew Con uh, here in Providence, Rhode Island. So thanks for uh, being on the show. Corporate Alex, I'll, I'll make fun of you more when you're not on the air. I, I'll be <laughs> probably standing and watching or listening. Exactly, so. but you can't defend yourself, and um, I take cheap shots like that. We've Perfect. actually had a couple people um, say they wanted to start ribbing you. So, uh, really? So I don't know if you guys have had this experience yet, but I have. people have already been talking to me since I got here yesterday about this show, and they've mentioned both of you by name. Oh, really? They were like, we really like Corporate Alex. Just I had a guy like, come up to me would. and say, oh my gosh, I've heard all your shows. I'm just like, cool, the first three. <laughs> you're great. Like, I'm so like, glad you're listening. My three, yeah, and and Nick, uh, telling you. 
telling you, people really are valuing uh, your noggin, man. You're, you've been sharing the knowledge. So. Oh, yeah. man. What happens when they catch me out? I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, go talk to him. He's pretty much exactly the same in person. He will geek out with you on all things, all things hops. That is that is true, much to my fiance's dismay. I know, right? She's tired of you already. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, so am I, but I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, I don't have to live with you. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I just have to do podcasts with you. Yeah, it's okay. Well, I mean, I, I usually shower before that. So, <laughs> well, you're doing great work, and so I'm really I'm proud of this podcast. I'm glad that we're doing it together, and and our listeners are really giving us some good feedback. So that's great. Uh, and please give us more. Come on by, talk, email. We uh, yeah. we like hearing it, and um, I will try to answer them as soon as possible. But I am. F- frequently not great at email. Well, and so. just so people know, you can email us, hopinbrewschool at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we most often will address your, your emails on the air, because mm-hmm. we want everybody to benefit. So if we don't respond to you uh, via email, just keep listening to the show, because it's going to make it onto a future yeah. program. I also get emails frequently just through the ECMA Chief website of people who are listening in and want more information. So I usually forward them on to Nick and his team. Okay. They usually come back with me with responses, and I can easily answer questions just in-house based on that. So Got it. I definitely recommend the Hop and Brew School at the Brewing Network. There's many ways to get in touch. With that's us. right. And what we do is we kind of collect those, and then when we've got enough uh, for an episode, we just kind of cram them all into a, a Q&A episode. Mm-hmm. So we've got one of those coming up in the near future. Send us your questions, uh, comments to hopandbrewschool at thebrewingnetwork.com. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here for this episode of Hop and Brew School, and we'll be back with another one live from the National Homebrewers Conference. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Green Chief program yeah. you guys have at Yakima. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, come see us. Take care. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you. <laughs>